Ivan! That's me. I'm me. How do we know he's not Mel Torme? Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families suffer every year. Look, Bulgaria is a shithole. I'm not bringing that Hooperman passport home with me again. Episode 208, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, it's the Prof, it's Carelli. We're back. So, we've a lot to catch up on, Prof, and of course, our fantastic sponsors, Nelson Credit, Ocean Electrical, check them out. When uh, your five side falls to shite, there's not much Nelson Credit can do, but they still get you back. <laughs> and Ocean Electrical, of course, uh, fantastic guys, and check them out. Make sure you Google them, look them up, get uh, in touch. Yeah, so we have a lot to catch up on, Prof. We've three games, two new signings, and one diplomatic incident. And we have an interview with some folks at Bangor Celtic ahead of our FAI Cup toy in Tala on Friday. Prof, they are from the hotbed. I hope yep. you gave them the respect they deserve. Proper D12 interview that was. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, the first show in 11 days. Um, took a break last week. But in fairness, we were the only League of Ireland podcast not to take a break all season. So yeah, like you yeah. said, we had been hard at it. Break stats and all, Prof yeah. has. In fairness, no one gave us abuse at all. I, I was expecting a tirade, but actually... Uh, there was, was a couple. There right. was a couple. Private, was it? Yeah. Yes, so Prof, the Tifty's five-a-side news. We are going to... Uh, Go straight into this. So I have to say, it's there's been a brilliant response to it. We've had loads of people. Like I will say, the local businesses around the place. You've had the Penny Hill. They gave us a voucher. Uh, we got loads of wine off the off license. Wine off carry out off license in Clondalkin. We've got loads of boxes of chocolates and more wine off the Spar, um, in Ballyon. Like these guys have been really, really generous. So we got loads of really good prizes and prof. We have slobber knocker prizes. We have two signed jerseys. One home, one away. Not the black one. Oh, thank God. Signed by the team. Those alone will be set fetching bags of sand, right? Four tickets for Scoopy. Scoopy? Scoopy at home in Fortress Southstand. Where, whatever type of raffle. Where else would you get it? That's mega. We've got Passion for Gardens, Prof. They've given us a voucher. You want your garden sorted? Passion for Gardens, I'll do it for you. So we have all sorts. 
get down. We're getting we take it on rev as well. Usual with the golden goal, same as the golden goal. If you want, we'll get your tickets and um and of course, prof, the number one prize. Of course, it's in my hand right now. It's talent time. And prof has donated talent time as well. Limited editions. Limited editions signed. John Hancock. Signed by me only. <laughs> McDarren for she's not here to attach his, his signature. So it's on in Ballyon, the SDFL complex in Lugan. Check it out. And uh, come on down. If you want a game of football, we're actually down a couple of teams. If you want to put one in, last chance, 100% gives a shout. If you want to come down for a game of football, definitely. I'm revving. You're all getting sent off. Gary has purchased yellow and red cards. He's going to have a whale of a time. I actually, I actually have word and a notebook. <laughs> so I'm going to be taking notes. What sort of referee are you going to be? Are you going to be a bit flamboyant or serious? or? Oh, I'm going to mix it up in every game. Every game, I'm going to be... Be, be a Mike Dean, I'm maybe? going to be Butmer slash Colina slash uh, the one that got chased out of stadium and attacked. <laughs> so um, we're going to do the five-side draw, Prof. I'm going to mark them in. You're going to pick them out. Okay. So, Prof, give your balls a shake. They're actually not balls, they're just little bits of paper. But Prof is going to scrunch them up, and Group A... Doing the, the, f- the scrunching. The first team out into Group A. First team. I can't even read your writing. Is it Indie Hoops? Indie Hoops! That is the Crumlin hotbed that is the Barretts. So, so the Indie Hoops are in the Group A. So we're doing all Group A first, are we? No, we'll go to Group B for okay. next. So we'll go gradually tip them in there. And we have... The Doyles. The Doyles into Group B. The Doyles. It's important to give them a good rattle. You have to give them a good rattle. None of this crappy draws, you know what I mean? We have the Pride of Rings end. The Pride of Rings end. They're the into Group C. The co-hosts. No, no fiddling with the draw here. Just fiddling with your balls. Oh, that's one. Please stop the innuendo, Gar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Milltown Hoops. Milltown Hoops. Philly McGuire. His eyebrows are in goal. Milltown Hoops in with the Indy Hoops. And we have the Moretti men. Oh, Barry Bear. Connor Foley's boys. The Moretti men in with the Doyles. It's already shaping up to be a slobber knocker here, prop. We have are these the, are these the holders? Is it Brooker Boys? The Brooker Boys are the inaugural winners. The inaugural winners. So, that's right. Uh, favorites here. Brooker Boys in with the Pride of Rings end. Tifties are the holders. Tifties are the holders currently. We have our rivals, the Borough Hoops. The Borough Hoops are in with the Milltown Hoops. We have a derby on our hands. Southside derby. Borough Hoops and the Milltown Hoops drawn in the same group. Next up, we have Glenmalure Rovers. Glenmalure Rovers in with the Doyles and the Moretti men. This should be interesting. So Moretti men have been drawn out Glenmalure Rovers. That's a controversial one, Prof. Glenmalure have some men on the Moretti men team. So Barry Bear is going to be facing against his own Glenmalure Rovers. It's going to be interesting. And uh, we have Paulie McGrath's hometown club. It's uh, Kilnamana 11s. Kilnamana 11s. Should be interesting. And we have the Ultras. Ultras in with the... Bo- it's a Southside affair in Group A. It's a Southside affair. We have the Ultras in with the Indies, the Milltown, the Borough Hoops and the Ultras. Prof, this is us. That has to be us. Next is Andy Lyons FG. Andy Lyons. These are the dark horses. These are the dark horses. Andy Lyons, first goal scorer. And Prof, there's only one team left. There is only one team left. And so it's, naturally, it's Tifties. It's tifties. 
So Tifties are in with the Pride of Rings end, the Brooker Boys, Killerman Elevens, and that's a tough one. Holy shit. We've been drawn with the Pride of Rings end and the Brooker Boys. We might not make it out. So Group A, Indie Hoops, Milltown Hoops, Borough Hoops, and the Ultras. Group B, the Doyles, the Moretti Men, Glenmore Rovers, and the Lions first goal scorer. And Group C, Pride of Rings end, Brooker Boys, Killerman Elevens, and Tifties. That's a group of hell. It's the group from hell. I think we'll be competing for the wooden spoon there in that group. Yeah, possibly. No, we've Jaden spearheading it with Frankie and Louie. We've a young squad prof. Jaden, who I notice now is two foot taller since the last song. Yeah, he's quite long and leggy. He has... Do you know the way your toys are different shaped to your actual calves and your legs? Well, he has just one giant calf. His <laughs> legs go all the way up, all the same size. He's very, very leggy. Yeah, so that's it. Well, that's the draw. So we are going to the Provs afterwards. Don't forget the Provs. We've got Inborn Music. We've got Ray, Ray with the Curry. We've got the Monster Monster Mega Draw. Um, and loads of green ribbon. What more could you want, Prof? Yeah, I actually ran into Neil Walsh there on the way home from work. He was asking me when the draw will be made. He's interested in knowing the Ultras or what group they'd be in. He wanted a, an independent eye on it, did he? And he also reminded me that uh, uh, Mr. Davey is expecting... Uh, an apology from you know this is from me oh from eager so I have prepared an apology uh, the reason is because I called Davey Davey Kyo on the last podcast that's bad so here it goes we at Tifties are sorry for the serious wrongdoing that occurred we are deeply sorry for the hurt suffered by the individuals affected we regret not acting faster to sort things out. Ultras Davy is nothing like Bose Davy Kill. Bose Davy Kill doesn't have red hair. Bose Davy Kill doesn't have awful opinions like Never Rate and Rory Gaffney. In the coming days, as we take further concrete steps to resolve these issues and make amends for the damage they've caused, you will hear more from us. Sincerity, Tifties. That is that. That is that. That's another chapter closed on the Tifties apologist <laughs> pages. Um, just looking at Ireland again. Pride Rings end. Fuck it. I think that Carl Cairns fucker's on that team now as well. I think they've <laughs> jumped, jumped on him. He's getting a hatchet job done on him. That is a ridiculous group. Oh, man. I mean, it wasn't even fixed. Right. We've never fixed a draw before. No, never, ever. Or any Hand on heart. Or quizzes. Um, right, so we're going to move on. Some great news. And... Um, we have a brand new hoop edition, Prof. It's Mr. Away Days Jr. It's young Zach Mooney. So congratulations to Mooner on the bay on the birth of baby Zach. And interesting uh, name, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Zach I, Schneider. Um, Zach, Zach from Schneider. Zach from Save for the Bell. Yeah, yeah. Zach Save Mooney sounds like he should be like in high school. So congratulations on the birth of your little baby. And Amy, I think, is his missus as well. So congratulations. Hope everybody is well. And leading into some. Sad news, uh, f- 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 big, big friend of the show, personal friend of me and the prof, Maloney, Jason Maloney, his mother passed away, so um, rest in peace to Josie, um, proper, proper Hoops family, and uh, what more can you say, just, and like we said, we were there, whatever, whatever people need, we're there to give a hand or help out, but listen, we just want to send our condolences to the Maloney's top, top Hoop family, and um, rest in peace. Right, so Prof, next up, we have a very insightful interview. We have Eddie Kearney and Alex Power from Bangor Celtic. So it's time now for our uh, Shamrock Rovers FEI Cup preview. Uh, the Bangor Celtic game is coming up uh, in a week or so. So we've got Eddie Kearney 
and Adam Marr, a player for Banger. So welcome to two years, lads. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's Kyle. Good to be here. Really looking forward to the big night. Uh, it's absolutely sweltering here. It's Monday evening. Uh, how are you finding the heat, lads? Yeah, it's really warm. I was in an office all day in a suit, so oh, yeah, I am roasted. That's why I'm in my uh, polo short now, just coming in the dark, which yeah, it's great. But I'm not going to moan about it because we don't get enough of it. How about you, Adam? Yeah, happy to be home from work. T-shirts, shorts, can uh, relax for the evening now. Go out and enjoy the, enjoy the weather now. You probably hope it'll cool down a bit by tomorrow night before training kicks in, though, I'd say. Yeah. Hopefully, if there's going to be running. Uh, I'll start with you, Adam. Um, yeah. Yourself and the players' reaction to the draw when it was made. What, what was your reaction? Um, I think well, my thought was, and with the majority of others, was it was the best draw we could have got. You know, like I think when you for ourselves, when we're playing in the FAI Cup, you want to play against the best. And as Rovers are the Premier Division champions at the moment, um, they are the team you want to get. They're a professional team. Um, we're a Lancer senior side, so it is the the draw that we would have wanted to get. You know, you want to go up against the best. You want to play against the best players to challenge yourself. What was you, what was you Eddie? Uh, what was your reaction? Yeah, it's it's a team we haven't played in a competitive game before. We've played Drogheda along Longford, Shelbourne, and a few others over the years. Even MK Dons has seen people by most of the players in the League of Ireland at the moment, but we've never actually played Rovers. And when you think of our location, we're right in the middle of Rovers and Pats. So, um, you know, I think it's it's great to get one of them clubs that are where our lads probably as well as playing football themselves, a lot of them would support. So we're very excited about that from the profile for the club. You're going to be on the same pitch in a great stadium against the League of Warden Champions, a team that's competing in the Champions League the same week that they play us. So that's a massive, I think, compliment to our lads for the hard work they put in in a very long season last year to get out and, as Adam has said, test themselves against the best of the best. Full internationals, lads that have played in the Premier League, lads that have played in the Championship, the American MLS, you know, the North Norris League. It's a phenomenal opportunity for our lads and Bangor Celtic to get on the same pitch as Shamrock Rovers. I remember on uh, social media when the draw was made, it was kind of the same joke over and over again. <laughs> Winner gets to keep the crest. Are you, <laughs> yeah. are you getting this a lot, This uh, the similarity of the crests? Yeah, we got a bit of El Crestico was the name of the game instead of El Crestico. We got a lot of Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I think obviously at the time when we were formed 25 years ago, there would have been a few Rovers fans involved in the club, as well as a few Celtic and a few other things as well. So I think the Celtic guy got Celtic in the title. I think that the, we had our first meeting on Bangor Circle where we used to train and come. And, and I think the Rovers last must have influenced the crest at the time. And we were just happy we had a crest. 45 years ago so there you go it's a there's no saying out there that flattery is the best form of um you know you know copying the thing or something like i don't know what it is but uh i think there's something to that yeah so look it is very similar but he was had it before us though in fairness he got out a bit a little longer yeah 1899 i think we'll, we'll win that one there what about the yeah, space, yeah. Uh, the status to status had a stadium was this a no-brainer or were there other options on the table there definitely would have been other options. We've hosted League of World and Premier Division close before. Uh, we've hosted Shelbourne the year they won the double. We were actually the only team to score two goals against them that season. Uh, they, that great team of Pat Fenlon and Steve Williams and the Gagans and Gary Haylock. So we were quite proud of that. We gave them a bit of scare. We held that down in, uh, in St. Pat's at the time. 
and we did a really good job of it. But in fairness to yourselves, um, when the draw was made, we didn't know what day we could play because of your European commitments, and that's great for you and for Irish football. So the easiest way for us to have a stadium, because you couldn't go to Pats and say, can we have your stadium Friday, Saturday or Sunday, or UCD or anybody else or Shelbourne. So we went up, we met your executive committee, your CEO, and there were lovely lads. So we said, look, for their lads to get the opportunity to play in this stadium would be really good. I'm sure Adam will tell you there, they're probably excited and looking forward to it playing in the stadium and, and enjoying the experience of your great fans as well and a few of our own. Uh, just to clarify, Eddie is the chairman of Bangor Celtic. I didn't give him his proper introduction there. Well, I'm not uh, the chairman. Jimmy Dowling is the chairman. I'm sort of a bit of everything. I'm a, a, ma- I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none, but I'd be very involved on the PRO side and the, uh, the committee side in the club as well. But Jimmy Dowling is our chairman and does a fantastic job. So I don't want Jimmy thinking there's a cue when he's listening to this. Right, so. Uh, Adam, you guys are just starting pre-season. Is that right? How's it going? Yeah, I say we're we're back about two weeks now. We've uh, we've had um, one friend who played us here there last Friday. Um, we've done well, you know, first game back. Um, new lads up as well, so that's always good. We'll have a... Uh, we had a cool down session there yesterday. We were down in Dunleary. Uh, we went in for a swim. And then we've another friendly coming up again next Friday. Before then, the obviously the, the big game against Rovers the, the the following weekend, the Bengali weekend. So yeah, it's good, you know. We're, we're uh, as I say there two weeks into it. We're we're slowly building back up. So hopefully we'll be uh, be prepared come uh, come that Friday night. I believe Derek Prendergast is still with you. He'd be probably the most recognisable face in your squad, a League of Ireland veteran. Um, anyone else in the squad that maybe Rowers fans would, would recognise? Um, well, obviously, like you said, uh, Dell there, you know, he brings a heap of experience to the squad. You know, when he came in last year, um, he's, he's very good at talking people through the game. He gives lots of advice. And, you know, he's somebody that you, you listen to and you, you respect well. Um, there's been a couple of lads. Um, I don't know whether they, they probably wouldn't be known by the Rovers fans, but have been like through the League of Ireland playing underage, uh, like sort of uh, on Stokes with us. Um, he would play with Rovers underage, um, with the with the 19s there. But yeah, there's a couple of lads who would have played League of Ireland underage there as well. So Adam played a bit of League of Ireland as well, but he's afraid to say it because he's a bit bashful. But he did a little bit of the League of Ireland as well. So. Yeah, you're formerly of uh, Cabinteria and your former uh, defender. So, which yeah. Rowers players, I suppose, are you looking forward to going toe to toe with and tell? Um, I guess all of them. Uh, it'd be nice to see if uh, if Jack Byrne can, can uh, get on. He's been injured for a while, so you know it could be a game that he could come uh, play. Same with Graham Burke coming back and give them a bit of fitness. Obviously, it'd be great to to see uh, to see Pico Lopez play. You know, uh, an international player playing uh, who's playing the World Cup qualification games. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be great to go up against them. And Robert's obviously uh, ambitions for the group stage, so you'll be hoping that they'll be a bit distracted and take their eye off the ball in this tie. Ah, uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, it's it's a massive task tasks for us. Uh, it's going to be a big occasion. We, we're like we're well aware of that, but uh, we're we're up for the challenge. You know, we won't back down from anything, and we'll we'll give it our best shot and stay in the game as long as possible. And you know, you never know what can happen in a cup game. 
And Eddie, I was looking into robbers links. Uh, there's only one I can find. Maybe you can tell me any more. But uh, Paul Gannon is assistant for the Saturday team. He played in the first division under, under Pascody for robbers. So was there any reaction for him when the, the draw was made? Uh, yeah, and Paul's young lad is involved on the, outside, on the outside of the squad as well. He plays very regularly for the major Saturday, young Ryan as well. And he came to us very young last year and is developing. And he's a player, I think, we'll see in the first team in his day. Paul was excited, obviously, after wearing the Rovers colours. And probably the two colours you wore the most were Bangor and Rovers. Like, he didn't do much after he came back to ourselves after he left Rovers. That's the type of club we are. So, like when Dell finished the League of Board and they came back, it was a bit of a community club about us, a bit of a family. We look after each other and, you know, it's great now to see lads that have played League of Ireland, like Barry Burke and Terry Gleeson would have both been League of Ireland stalwarts as well, both played for us and there. And their kid, they, Terry's young lad plays as well in the squad, Danny as well, like, you know, it's fighting to get into the first team. So that's the type of club we are. But from a Rovers perspective, uh, not really, though. Uh, so Pascoli had a very tough night tonight. We played him in Richmond Park and he would have been obviously the local lad at the time when he was playing for Shells. And a uh, good story there was he was actually substituted with 20 minutes to go because he was roasted. I don't think he ever lived down the slagging for a while. A guy called Richie O'Driscoll got man of the match on him that night and Dermot changed him and probably kept him in the game. But Pat's a great lad. He's an ex-Lord Celtic lad, ex-Arsenal. We're very fond of him. And uh, he did give Paul his chance in the first division to leave the world. And Paul's a quality player and he's excited about getting back up to Rovers and supporting the lads. Uh, Adam, you've been player of the year the last two seasons. So when did you come to the club? And you're obviously really pleased with how it's gone on a personal level the last couple of years. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I would have joined around, I think it was summer 2019. Um, and then, so I had a great first season there. And then obviously the next year then with COVID hit, our whole season was stopped starting constantly. And then last year, with the uh, season restarting, there was players away and everything like that. So, um, Joe, I think since I've joined, I thought I've done quite well and I'm hoping to continue progress, even as, as a team. Uh, I think we've improved. We didn't do as well as we kind of hoped last uh, last year. You know, we thought we'd be up towards the top of the league, even challenging for it. But uh, it, it's a new season, new players coming in, and it's a strong team that we have. So we'll be, we'll be right up the top, uh, right where Bangor should be. Eddie, what's the ambitions for this season? Ambitions, as, as Adam would say, is to go out and compete with a club that wants to compete. Like the Leicester Senior League is a very challenging league. The club's even coming up this year. You'll see the likes of Luke and United and the strength they'll bring and the squad they'll attract. And obviously, you've, um, who else came up with Luke this year? Um, two of the really good. Oh, Clive North, fantastic. Mm. Clive, Clive, really strong. Big community club, really strong squad. We played them in one of the cups this year as well. And the game was a really tough game. So there's a lot after coming up, and it's great strength. You've got Moctis with our big schoolboy background, Cumberland with our big schoolboy, two big super clubs that have a lot of League of Ireland and ex Irish league players playing on their teams as well. So it's a great league. It's very competitive. Anybody on any day can give you a game. And if you can stay at that level for as long as we have, you have to be doing something right, but you can never. Rest on your laurels. We want the challenge. We want to be up there. John is a very ambitious manager. Backed up with his Brian Warren, who's the next, I can't really say the name on this one, but I might get shot, an ex-Bowes player and Bangor player as well. So Brian is there as UEFA coach and he's supported by Anthony Fitzpatrick and uh, Lar Dunn, who's a bit of a club legend. He's about 60 caps with the Irish Junior National and he was a European champion. So Lar is stepping back this year to get more involved in the coach and to have his experience around the young lads that are in the club is massive for us. So, yeah, we want to do 
our best. We want to compete. Uh, we always want to try and win one of the trophies or be close to winning them. And that's what it's about. And that's what you should do in any season. But it gets difficult more harder every year because Leicester senior is strengthening. You're seeing it as well, probably with young lads that aren't getting on in the League of Ireland through the academy system, which is fantastic. The advanced on me later are falling back to Leicester senior, maybe to get a chance of playing spent football and come back at League of Ireland again. So the teams are getting stronger all of the time. Uh, your own involvement with the club goes way back, doesn't it? You played in goal for the club for years. Yeah, I played in goal, yeah, for the first few seasons. I played in the first season in 87 when we started off in the AOL. We did about five years in the AOL. I was there for the first couple of years as the keeper. And then they signed the Irish Juniors and National Keeper. So I knew the right was on the wall for me. So I took a little break from the club for a while and, and played for a couple of other clubs. But I was delighted when the day banged a couple of seasons later and came back and asked me to sign. So I did break my service, but in the... 25 years has gone. I've been around for about 31 of them, I'd say. Um, and I was proud to be on the first team back in 87 and winning the first league and actually the following season winning our first cup. Um, it's great memories and it's memories that what make the club. And what's great about our club is a lot of our committee members and people that help us out and support us are all ex-players, you know. So they all stay around in some format, be that through sponsorship, be that through, you know, helping out on the day of the matches or being on the committee. So... It's that bit of magic that we have. We played together and then we watched the new lads playing and we support Adam and the boys and obviously the lads on our major Saturday squad as well because we're one club. We're very proud of our two teams and very proud of the, the level they complete at the highest on the Saturday and the highest on the Sunday. So we wish them well. And we, it was great that year. I think we played 26 games. It'll be a while since we matched this, but I think we won 23, drew two and lost one. A team out in Ballymun beat us on a bad day. It was just after my 18 party, so I might have been at fault for one or two of the goals. There you go. Uh, you had been based in the in the Ivy grounds until the, the Green Hills merger in 2019. Yeah. Um, can you give us a sort of a quick summary of, of your recent history, any successes and where you've been based and how the club has evolved in the last few years? Yeah, so look at uh, so so back at Celtic, we, we moved to the Guinness grounds when we moved out of Raffarnham. We were at Farnham for years. We won two senior titles out of Raffarnham uh, with two flags. We won the Leinster Senior League 204-05 and we won it again in 08-09. Um, we've won quite a, a lot of trophies over the year. The only two we haven't got on our roll of honour is the PTSB Metropolitan Cup and the Intermediate Cup. We've been in finals and semi-finals but just couldn't get over the line. Probably my biggest disappointment in my history in the club is seeing us lose the Intermediate Cup final to Avondale down in Cork in a game that we totally dominated for 92 minutes. Um, they got their first corner in the game in the 93rd minute and got the scrappiest goal of all time. And we hit every post, every bar, and the goalkeeper got man of the match. That probably tells the tale. But fairness to John Caulfield, he gave us great credit afterwards for the way we played down in Cork. And never seen a team come and play them off the park like that. So hearing that from a football man like John Caulfield was, doesn't make up for it, but it makes you feel you gave you your best. And football, sometimes you just don't get the breaks. Uh, yeah, we've won the Cattle Cup recently enough. Um, our Saturday side has won their major Saturday three times. They won the Lanigan on Saturday double there a few years ago. We've been knocking on the door the last few seasons, finishing in the top four or just outside of it. A couple of quarterfinals, semifinals not going our way. But like we're a young side, we're learning, we're improving all the time. Um, I'll be confident uh, you know, we'll be challenging again. And if you're challenging, you're always in with a shout, you know, and uh, you know, hopefully we can continue. Uh, we then moved out of the grounds with the Greenhills, then a couple of years in Greenhills and finished forward and qualified for the FA Cup that season. And then obviously we decided 
uh, last year to move out of Greenhouse and, 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 and Ember Amalgamation and move back to Bangor Celtic. And uh, we're looking forward to our future. Uh, we're going to play our Saturday games out at Beachfield Park. Beautiful ground we got there. We put the dressing rooms open, stuff like that. That would be a great facility for our major Saturday and a base for training in the summer. And then we're going to excitingly move down to subject to inspection by the league, the Transport Club and Clogger Road, um, which is a you know a, a good facility that needs a bit of love, and we're going to give it the love, and it will be our own ground and private. We share it with a ladies team, a Transport SC, and a schoolboys team, a small school side the schoolboys team. Boy, we transport, we're working very closely with them clubs to improve the facilities to get them up to the level of intermediate senior Sunday status. And we hope to have all that done by the 18th of August. So we're massively busy, massively excited getting back to our roots in Dublin 12 and Cumberland, where we're from, and Clogger Road and, and bringing that senior football back. So the derby should be exciting against Cumberland and the other close-knit games against the uh, the Bluebells and the Archers of this world, where it's a bit of a hotbed of junior football. So it'd be nice to, to get it back to, to that level again. Yeah. Adam, would you consider this to be the biggest game of your career to date? Um, I would, yeah. I would, you know, like like I said there at the start, you want to compete against the best, you want to play against the best, you want to challenge yourself. And for myself, so far, there hasn't been a bigger game or a bigger opportunity than this, you know. Um, it's going to be out in Tallis Stadium, so big pitch, obviously big stadium, could be big crowd, good atmosphere. So isn't going to be a bigger occasion than this for myself. Will there be uh, plenty of family and friends coming, a big gang? Uh, I hope so. Uh, no, I, I, my uh, my family obviously go out and uh, watch, and a couple of friends will go out as well. You know, it's it's a big occasion. My brother is on the team as well, so like the family will be definitely out to support us. Eddie, you mentioned playing Shelburne years ago, so you're hoping for sort of a, a similarly big occasion in Tata now. Yeah, we were lucky enough to play the Shells team of Dan McKeely and the Shells team of Pat Fenland. Give it decades, Pat would have played against them, managed against us when they were the dominant force at the time. Um, and we gave them both very close nick games. Like, uh, you know, the first game in 2000, we were 3 0 down after 25 minutes. It took us a while to get going, but when we got going, we pulled it back to 3 2. And we're very unlucky on a couple of occasions not to equalize. And I still blame a referee for a dead set penalty that would have made a 3 all. But look, that's football. And then the second game, it was a, a very close encounter at 2-1. They went 2-1, we pulled one back. We hit the bar with a free kick. And then the last kick of the game, when we were in an attack, they robbed us and Stewie Bourne got a tour. But again, remember what Pat Fennell said, I played against you twice, he said, as a manager and a player. And both times with different teams, you've come and played football. He's having hoofed up like some junior side, just try and play. And he said, that's a credit to you. So hopefully we'll go and do that against a, a fantastic Rovers team but like we understand what we're up against there's full internationals and 21 internationals and lads that have played at the highest highest level including in England there so okay but our lads will be excited about that and it's a great credit to them that they've got us here again for the seventh or eighth time I think is in our history in the FUE Senior Cup so we're quite proud of that and we're going to be behind them 150% and I think the local community and the families and friends and supporters will Definitely come up to Tallaght for what will be a great night out to a beautiful stadium and hopefully what will be a warm summer evenings like this. And I believe, I think it's the only game on in Dublin that day. So we hope the Rovers fans will come and support their team as well. Because I think our lads deserve to play in front of a decent crowd. Um, your last question is about cup upsets. Uh, there's a proposal for the Leinster Senior League to switch to summer football. Um, you don't really see as many cup upsets since the move to summer football yeah. in 2002. 
uh, would you support that change? And if it was, if it did happen, would this make FAI Cup games not as daunting for amateur sides? It's a good question. Um, like summer football can have an impact on lads that are amateurs because obviously they have careers, they have uh, families, they've got young kids, which they sacrifice a lot of time to spend the summers with. A lot of the, you know, the, the lads would have their holidays and stuff. So it's hard how you manage it. Um, it could also hurt a lot of the clubs that are are thriving. Like I always think of the country clubs where you are in the Leinster Senior League and a lot of the country clubs because of the way the Gaelic season is could struggle greatly to field teams because they'd be going head to head with the Gaelic. So that could affect your Tullamore's, your Port Leashes, you know, your Willows and, you know, it could really impact them. And of course, you've got your university teams with like Minute and UCD who are great clubs with great history, not just the League of Ireland, but Leinster Senior as well. And obviously their students are all on their J1s during the summer or whatever else they do enjoying themselves. And right, you saw onto the hard year studying in college. So there is some merits to it, but it's something that we need to think about and not make a rash decision. You are right. You come in when we beat Drahada back in 2000 as a 1B side. You know, we were halfway through the season like they were. We beat them in United Park. That was one that, that was probably, I think, we're the only 1B side ever to knock out a Premier Division League of Ireland side. Damien Stout scored that night a streamer in a 1-0 win and uh, we, it was a great performance by us so it did give us a better chance and when we played them games against Shells obviously we're halfway through our season but the world has changed like you know there's a lot of a lot of pressures on amateur footballers a lot of they've mortgages to pay you know lives to run kids to look after you know families to give time to as well as their careers as well as their football and the summer tends to be the time that they recharge their batteries because they can do things they can go places and you know they can get down to Wexford or they can get away on the holiday. So there's a challenge that way as well. So I'm not a, you know, I can see the merits to it, but I think we need to debate it as a, as a league in greater detail and see where we go. I know the academy system has a move that way as well. I don't know what the DDSL are doing from a schoolboy perspective. I think they play differently to the academies and I'm sure it's something they're considering as well. But if we do it, we need to do it right and think of all the clubs because Sport is important to everybody and football is important to everybody. And when we lost over two years during COVID, I think everybody massively missed it, um, massively at all levels. We had a bit on TV with the close stadiums and so forth, but getting everybody back to sport, I think is massively important for mental health and not excluding people from it because of when you play is massively important as well. Adam, it is undoubtedly a big disadvantage to you guys coming up against full-time teams and you're only a few weeks into pre-season. How would you feel about the switch to uh, summer football? Um, Joe, playing in the summer would be great, but at the same time, um, I don't think I would be in favour of summer football. Um, obviously, it's not nice playing during cold winter nights or on a cold Sunday morning. But uh, like Eddie was touching on there, you know, summer is kind of it's really like a family time where you can you can go away, enjoy enjoy time with like friends, family. Um, whether it's you're going abroad or down the country. Um, so I don't think I would be in favour of a switch to, to summer football. Like I know like some people would, for example, not pursue League of Ireland because of summer football. And like Eddie was saying there, people have mortgages to pay and everything there. So they do drop down to a Lancer senior side or sometimes they just pack it in to focus on work because running the summer league just doesn't suit everybody. That's it, guys. Uh, hope to see you Friday week. Hope you a good game. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you, Carl. We look forward to it. Yeah. And uh, we hope it's a, a great night for everybody and a really good occasion. We're all excited about it. We'll see you soon. And wish Rovers well tomorrow night.
actually uh, against Ludogrets as well. It'd be great to see them get a result and uh, just uh, everyone as well in Bangor just wanted me to put a note out to Stephen and his family that all our thoughts and prayers are with him at this difficult time and to wish his son a healthy and speedy recovery. We're all thinking of him. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so Eddie, um, you could barely get a word in Eddie there. I like that though, you know, I like that when they actually talk and give good insight and he, t- he spoke about the league, proper Atlanta Senior League man, proper football man, so great to well, hear from the two lads. I was warm beforehand that he can talk for Ireland, uh, so I wasn't surprised, but no, he, 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 it was great stuff, like great getting uh, the insight into a club you're facing, like, especially one you know, probably most fans wouldn't know much about, uh, Atlanta Senior League club in the cup, so... Uh, thanks to Carl Kearns for setting that up for me uh, I'm sure he was listening intently to make sure he wasn't slated in any way <laughs> but, uh, we did chat about him off air only nice things were said and Soccerway the website claims that a 37 year old Japanese goalkeeper plays for Banger <laughs> what's his name but Carl confirmed that this is not the case uh, disappointingly uh, that would have been my first question for sure uh, where did you sign this Japanese keeper from but no. Do you know much about Banger? Or did you know much before this of course, interview? Yeah, I yeah, uh, Banger. Uh, um, of course, Mark Keaton, uh, experienced taxi man, shy talker. He won some silverware with them. But no, Banger. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Grant played for him. Danny Grant at Huddersfield. Um, a couple of other yeah, but no, they're they're good, good fucking Lens senior league team. Like definitely, mm-hmm. hotbed prof from hotbed. So, uh, yeah, we move on, Prof. Bulgaria, 3-0 defeat to Ludogorets in the first leg in the Hilferma Arena in Razgrad. Um 53 Hoopers travelled. Uh, can we just address the butchering that we're receiving online about the lack of fans travelling? Now, if you if you were in Malta, some people only got home on the Saturday and the Friday. It took a lot out of people. Beans were blown in Malta. A lot of beans. Then you've got another plane on on the Sunday. I think that's what it was. Yeah, it just it was a it was a mess, wasn't it? Getting home, and we were grand. <laughs> we we were grand. We had no excuse, but it was it was messy. We a lot of us just fucking threw everything into Malta. Let's be honest. Tough place to get to as well, Razgrad, uh, well away from uh, the capital. Um, like even the Rovers players, it was well documented that there was no charter. <laughs> They had to take two separate planes over, two two batches, one on the Saturday and one on the following day. And uh, they were playing, they were staying in some place called Schumann, which was 40 kilometres away from Razgrad. So it was an incredible amount of travelling to do. And Bradzer has since sort of acknowledged it. Maybe he was playing it down over the last week. but you know, He's not the type to want to have a given excuse, though, yeah, do you know what I mean? But he's been acknowledging it kind of more recently that maybe the, it, it affected us in the first leg. It was it was a ridiculous amount of travelling, and it can only drain you. It does fucking drain you, man. Honestly, we we weren't even that bad, and we were just like, get us home, <laughs> yeah, now. And then across the draw the game on the follow up, we looked so flat. So yeah. that, there's the knock on effect as well. But uh, yeah, we we had bits and bobs in the build up there, Gary. If you read on, yeah, Barry Carr didn't travel. He was long out the St. Pat's, so uh, apparently had a great debut. The draw for the next round has been made the day before, so we knew we'd be playing Dinamo Zagreb or Scoopy, and we are um, we're playing Scoopy now. I've been doing the research on them, Prof, a little bit. Um, they are they're a bit bogey. 
bit of an old bogey team. They are Albanians, they regard themselves as Albanians, but they play in the Macedonian League. Uh, their fans, a little bit tasty as well. So, should be interesting. But we'll move on. It's hard to, we'll talk a bit about it more next week. But um, it's hard to get a read on them. It's hard to get a read on a lot of teams. Because of these results. It's a lot of strange results. Like You think you, you have an understanding of their level. And then they go and lose to a team you think are inferior. So yeah. it's kind of hard to, to figure out. But um, yeah, the heat also factor, it was um, 30 degrees. So as warm as Malta, really. Um, and I don't know if we... I can't remember if we discussed in the previous show. But this, this team is hated in Bulgaria. Uh, one, one of... Some fan in Bulgaria tweeted, uh, good luck Rovers, sincerely, every Bulgarian football <laughs> fan. The most hated team in Europe, they were called. Yeah. Um, so the starting 11, I think it was just the one change. Uh, Richie Tell came in for Greener. Ron Finn was making his 50th European appearance of his career. Some really so, interesting stuff there, Prof. 50th appearance and only his fourth goal recently as well. Yeah. So we will go on to Simunza. Their manager said about this, it will not be an easy game, he said. They are in the middle of their season, we are starting. They are playing in a different system, they are very, very aggressive at home. Play with a lot of players in front, three behind. They rotate a lot of times in the attacking part of the pitch. He's actually kind of nailed us there. Well, that's why I put that in. I just, I always think it's interesting to read quotes from opposition managers. He's noticed the cloud. <laughs> the cloud, because normally it's the usual, uh, oh, British-style team and all this. Mm. I, I've, I'm fascinated by a manager who actually describes his correctly yeah but in saying that when he's talking about the way we play can I like I've loved Bork in the last couple of games just a random observation here it's been sticking out at me I think Bork has been brilliant in the last couple of games I think some of the balls he's picked out he's he's the key he's he like when he, when he starts the attacks in these European games people don't know what to think of him they underestimate mm. him and give him that bit of bit of room that's what you need with that type of player who who loves making those attacking runs can pick out a pass I think Bork is going to be big for us in this run. But the black jersey again, Prof. The black jersey. Yeah. Uh, no surprise. We've still no joy in this jersey. We will um, have to rejoice when we do eventually win in this jersey. I don't think we will. I don't think we will. Yeah, we have, we have only got the rest of the season. Like, it might, Not that many times we don't have to wear it. I'd love to wear the white shirt in Europe. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a cracker of a we, shirt. No reason not to now because he's playing blue. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd love to play. It's a cracker. We move on to the first half anyway, Prof. And this, um, from the get-go, they looked excellent. Mm. They really looked excellent. The way they can turn and skid around and skate on the ball, they just had that really, like, technically really good players. Rick, um, just you know, just some good, good players. Sotiru uh, on 25 minutes he was the Cypriot striker we were warned about yeah. yeah we talked about him and I was talking to you about him and I was looking at his highlights and I said this fella needs half a chance and unfortunately he buried a header yeah I can see what you're talking about where people would say they were kind of giving horror a little bit of grief about this but a little bit harsh considering the movement of this guy was fantastic and he buried the header it's a good cross in you're yeah. hit you're done you can see these goals like yeah, he looked lethal, that, that movement. And then the second goal was all, I think it was this fella Cicinho, was it? Yeah. It was just this sharp turn out of nowhere that takes a couple of players off, totally off guard. And then he's in the box. And then... Uh, 
Bit of pinball, wasn't it? Yeah, it was clear off the line initially, wasn't it? I think it was by Grace. Still, and a, good, then, still a good finish, though. He had to bury it. It was you know a good I mean? finish, yeah. And this fella could have had a hat-trick in the first half alone. Yeah. It was a corner, and I think he was attacking the far post, and Manus saved it. So he, he could have had a hat-trick, and it could have been 5-0 in the first half. Yeah. They were... They were really, really impressive. They were on top, and we. It, do you know what? I think it was just a case of the heat, the travelling, the logistics of the whole trip for the team, and it just accumulated, and it just killed us in the end. That's all I can see, man. I see some retrospective analysis now after the second leg, saying that we showed them too respect, too much respect in the first half. But I mean, was that in their control? It just seemed, just seemed like they were ripping us apart and there wasn't too much we could do about no, it. No, they, they just played better than us on the day, man. It's simple. We weren't we didn't really turn up in the first half. Second half we were a little bit better, but um, just the way it worked out. And then the third, in the 94th minute, this was a stinger. This Well, before the goal, let's just talk about the second half performance. It was it was decent. Without ever... I never felt like we were going to score, though. Did you? No. Didn't look like scoring at all, but it was a spirited display, you could it say. It was encouraging, especially because it's 2-0, and you're thinking, okay, we've played better here. We show we can maybe not match them, but we're holding our own here. Okay, let's take 2-0 back to Tada. And we should mention Alamance as well. Brilliant. I'll hold my hands up on this one. I went into this campaign a bit worried about Big yeah. Al. Thinking about last year, I felt he conceded a couple of soft goals. He's been unbelievable. He rolled back the years in this game. Yeah. Made, he made two unbelievable saves. And he made two good saves in the, in the home leg as well. The home leg, he was unbelievable. Um, so, yeah. So, Al keeps us, keeps the score down. And then... I know this is, it's, been, it's, it's been a week and a half later now. It's been talked to death, but... Let's talk us through this one. So, Grace picks the ball up on the left-hand side. In our own half, 94th minute, and... In fairness, Gary O'Neill and another player were signalling for him to pass it into Lions, wasn't it? I saw Conan Byrne highlighting that on Twitter. So so you can understand that the style of play that's been burnt into them, sometimes we're the victim of our own style of play, which is definitely the case this time around. Because in the 94th minute, you're trying to play the ball out from the back and teams like that will punish it, and they did. The Souza got a second bite of the cherry and they deflected the goal in. And... Um, full Monty ensued with Sean Hart ripping off his clothes yeah have you ever seen the players so angry coming off the pitch it's, they it's, were so frustrating so frustrating because at 2-0 it's game on like I mean you can like you know you know what our, our records like in Tala brilliant at home in European mm. game so yeah I mean like you said the two players were pointing at, at Grace to, to play it short maybe Manus should have been the one to the experienced head Boot the ball, take yeah. the 2-0, come back to Tata with the 2-0. So, obviously, the reaction to this from everybody, from fan, from Brazzer, Brazzer was furious post-match. He was saying, you wouldn't expect us to do that in the Leicester Senior Cup toy. Mm-hmm. The fans were furious. Um, there was a big post-mortem done on LOA Central as well about it. I don't think I listened to that one. No? No. We'll talk about that more in a moment, but... Um, yeah, you we were it was on RTE, so I think you you were the same as me. We were we were watching this at home. Mm-hmm. I know there was a bunch of people in the Irish town house and uh, the town you were in. But uh, yeah, on RTE, Stephen Rice in studio. 
and uh, they robbed some nice stats. I don't know if you noticed that. See, did, you, did you see the stat bar going at the bottom of the screen? And that was uh, it was lifted word for word from my uh, stat attack. No from, credit from the from the robber site. No credit whatsoever. No, the only people that give me credit are likes of Tom Murphy. Like he'll he'll make sure it's doable. But yeah, Alan Cody on commentary, he said the phrase. You get away with that on a Friday night about 57 fucking times. He talked about Danny Mandrayu about 10 times, even though he wasn't on the pitch. We get it. We sold him. And Jack's not available. Jack was Jack never warmed up, and he had runners on the bench, so he was never going to come on. Yeah, he, yeah. He, uh, he, felt, he felt tight before the before the game. So we have some calls from Brazil later on. But, um, yeah, in terms of... I mean, nobody had a particularly good... Gaffney ran his socks off. He was a great outlet. Uh, put in, in an unbelievable shift. Uh, whereas Dylan Watts was maybe the disappointing one. Uh, nothing nothing came off him on the night at all. No, nothing at all. And so, but, but like you say, Berkey, Berkey came on in this game. And Andy Lyons wasn't involved at all. He wasn't getting forward enough. Berkey comes on and within two minutes he chips a ball into into space for Lyons. And suddenly Lyons is effective as well. That's that's the effect Berkey can have, those balls he can yeah. pick out. So, um, yeah, and then we had a bit of an incident afterwards, Prof. The game's over, done and dusted. Everybody's going back to their hotels. Everybody's going back to get their flights. And everyone made it home safely. Except and lived happily ever after. Except Hooperman. So... This is this was mental. So when this happened, we were getting obviously because we we the lads were with them at the time. So they were texting through and they're like, "Right, Dan's getting a bit of hassle at the border here." Um, they're saying it's not him. So Dan was texting us as well, saying, "Yeah, they're saying it's not me. My passport photo." So they persisted with this, persisted, persisted, persisted. And, and if you saw a photo, actually, Dan, it's Dan at the border, surrounded by four or five um, border security. And they're just standing there laughing at him. They're laughing at his passport. I didn't see that, no. I didn't yeah. see it. It's like it's it's ridiculous really and it led to him being arrested, detained, um, fed a tomato and a bit of cheese. I think it was cheese and a tomato, literally. In, in well, a, how do Ray Wynn describe it? Uh, a leftover comic relief nose. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> and, um, the worst meal I've ever seen. It's not even a meal, it's just to keep you alive. Uh, so, yeah, that was it. And then what the scary part was, we were keeping in touch and they let him have his phone and then he sent a picture of himself with cuffs on. Yeah. And then it just, silence, dead air. And we were thinking... That was quite strange that like he was able to use his phone the yeah, whole time. up until a certain point. Like, it's not, it was, it's not like the movies. It was like, I want my phone call. He yeah. had the phone in the hand. So, for that reason, it wasn't... We weren't were taking it seriously at the time, were we? No, we thought it was quite... I mean, we were. We wanted, them, wanted it to be over with as soon as possible. And we were worried, but because he was texting us, it was quite funny at the same time. Yeah. And even even then, the memes were starting, like the free Dan Fulham stuff and all this. And we were, we were laughing about it as well. And, like, he travels everywhere. Like, he was, he was in our room in Malta. Hmm. He travelled to London. Travelled to fucking Australia, everywhere. He's back constantly back and forth on that passport. The most well-travelled hoop of all people to yeah. be pulled up. And this passport got him into to and back from Malta. Got him into Bulgaria. Bucharest. Only coming back uh, from Bulgaria. 
was this an issue? And they were just absolutely adamant that this was not him in the uh, photograph. Adamant. He explained on um, RT News with Samantha DeBerry that he had um, jaw realignment surgery a few years ago. And so it would have been around that time he got the photo taken, which maybe wasn't a good idea. But... Um, Listen to your mammy, Dan. But Dan, yeah, but Dan said coming back um, to the E-Gates in Bucharest flew in. Facial recognition. Ridiculous. He said he came back in through Dublin Airport and the passport control looked at the photo, looked at him, looked at the photo, and he said, What the fuck? It looks like you. Man, ridiculous. <laughs> so it was. Do you know what it was? It was, I'd say it was pure stubbornness on the Bulgarian authorities' part because they knew they were wrong. And it turned out that the prosecutor was just a fucking weapon of a yoke who wanted everything in front of him, I think, on paper and wasn't too fond of emails. And he was, I think it was just a case of them knowing they're wrong and dragging it out just to make it look like that they weren't. So eventually we got like well, ministerial interference. Oh my God. Uh, fucking media people involved. Politicians, embassies. Everyone. And that still Dan wasn't good Petrov, enough for them. Robbie yeah. Keane. Yeah. And everything was done on our side. So, like, like you said, it was like, it was like eleven a.m. Wednesday. I remember the time because that's the last we heard of him. So that was that was a concerning twenty-four hours there because yeah. we not heard from him, but we know there's a lot of work going on in the background, and we know everything's everything's sorted on our side. You now the Garda station, the the embassy, they've all sorted the documentation to prove that's him. It's been sent over, so we're just assuming he's going to be out now. But then you don't hear from him, and then it turns into 36 hours, and then the following mornings, now you're at the Thursday, and it's just starting to come public now. And everything just happens within the space of two or three hours. From like 11 o'clock to 2, it's on RTE, it's on the radio, his ma's been on the radio, and he's released around two o'clock yeah. everything just exploded in the space of a couple of hours there but we will say there's a massive massive work gone behind, behind the scenes Wooly Carl Cairns Pamela Cairns like unbelievable Charlie yeah. O'Connor all these guys who really really dug deep to get to get Dan out of Bulgarian prison listen to the sentence <laughs> listen to the sentence I just said so yeah. that's that's one thing that we See, are very very helpful for because we were all going mental like we were like talking to everyone we could to try and get him out and sort something so big 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 mm. shout out to everybody who helped out now you don't want to believe all the rumours but what I heard was Dan said to the Bulgarian prosecutor how can you be so obtuse and then he got shown into solitary confinement Karen's <laughs> <laughs> just shaking his head at me here I appreciate that I appreciate that bro. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, but um, swiftly, yeah, not the first time Huberman's true identity has been called into question. Mm. So that was the tale of uh, Dan Fulmoff, DJ yeah. Danilov <laughs> Fulmanonski. The memes were something else, weren't they? Ah, oh, stop! He was getting fucking, yeah. and it just got surreal, like with his ma being on the radio, and his ma, his ma goes. When he comes home, I'm gonna tell him to follow balls because they go nowhere in Europe. Oh, stinger, yeah. Mrs. Fulham with the stinger. And she was only perpetuating the the Huberman thing because he he hasn't worn that costume in a bit. No, it's been a while. He actually wore it in a live audience show with us in 2018. Probably the last time. But 
I mean, how many? Are you talking six, seven years or something Easy, since he yeah. actually has been mascot? But that was everything. All the headlines were former mascot, and it just it kept making me laugh. It's just they ran with it, didn't they? Um, yeah. But like we said, he was surprisingly calm at first. He was very, very calm for sitting in the back of a Bulgarian paddy wagon, mm. cuffed up. He's like, well, yeah, Grant. When he knew he was, he knew he was innocent. That it was surely going to be sorted. But um, he hasn't. He hasn't actually spoken to any media yet. Obviously, a lot of people want to want to side the story. But um, he'll he'll talk in his own time. We like. know who he'll talk. To. <laughs> it's, ob- it's obviously a disturbing experience. So I mean, it's up to him when he wants to sort of tell the tale yeah exactly exactly let it let it let it fucking digest for us like I, I've already written the title of the book I'm gonna go through it what is it it's a uh, 36 hours in a Bulgarian gulag <laughs> Huberman's harrowing tale gulag what a word <laughs> I love that word <laughs> into the gulag you yeah uh, I think Mitzi stole the show on Facebook though he just he just goes on the front Facebook Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, do you remember that Tifty's hotline the week before? Maybe it was two two weeks before. Go on. Remember one of the questions was, what? "Have you ever had any trouble nightmares?" <laughs> uh, no, it's all been fine. <laughs> we can ask Dan, and he can come on the next hotline. Yeah. Uh, good show up on Dunster as well. Uh, Hooper Mandela. Hooper Mandela. Yeah. I am um, so yeah. We move on, prof. Do you think he, do you think he bought the sun? By the way, um, no. I think what was it called? The rover's return. And did he? I don't think he gave them any permission to do that either. Did he? Doubt he would have. I don't the think, sun? Yeah. I don't think he. Well, they don't need permission. No, to they don't. You know. Yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Was, I was hoping Dan would buy the paper and just sort of stare at the cashier. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I just hold it there. <laughs> yeah. like one minute like you said he's sharing a hotel room with us one week the next week he's on the front page of the sun yeah. it's just the world is mad it's mental isn't it yeah. I will move on to the next game let's draw it at home one all and um, Dan was scheduled to arrive in a helicopter for this game and we were supposed to all cheer him but uh, centre circle didn't happen didn't even light any flares from around him no nothing like that really disappointed the return of the Fulham. So yeah, first half prof. Um Well I was expecting a flat performance though, were you for this one? I I expected to be on honestly I expected you and your theories to come true where after Europe we kinda bounce back and play well. I honestly thought we'd have beat this. I really did. We have a great record under Brazzer. We always had a great record under uh, Michael Neal. I I'm trying to remember the stat now. It was it was so, it was excellent. Like it was something like seven out of eight wins under Mike O'Neill coming back in that campaign, and it's been really good under Bradshaw as well. We nearly nicked the win here undeservedly, but um, like he made a few changes, he freshened it up. Uh, Berkey and Friuja they hadn't started a match for two months, so that was they were the first starts um, since May. So he did freshen it up, but. Perugia is I I tipped him for our next big thing last year I think at the end of the end of last season and I just thought you know what like what what has gone wrong here what has gone wrong 
Yeah, fair enough. I don't know how long he's left on his contract, but it's just not clicking. He's not really getting the, the game time either, but... He set up the goal on Tuesday. Um, great touch, but yeah, it just... With the, with the I know maybe his long-term injuries are behind them, but hopefully. But uh, it just feels like we're always expecting him to be the next big thing. And we're kind of still waiting. And he shows flashes of what he can do now and then. But um, as you said, Gareb, draw had becoming a bit of a bogey team. Yeah, because I was asking um, about, we got 12 points out of them last year, you were saying. We got 10 out of 12 last 10 year. 10 out of 12. They held us to a draw on Tata this year. They obviously beat us up there 1-0. And did they play kind of similarly again? I mean, they they always set up to be hard to beat, and we can't seem to crack them open half the time. Just draw the team for whatever reason. First half was dreadful. Like it was a dreadful <laughs> performance. Absolutely shocking. But we'll move on to the second half. What did you think of? Did you, did, did you think that we were ever going to make the, the breakthrough? It was one of those, because I think you texted me, I was in work, and you texted me saying, Gar, this is dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't for a lack of effort. It was obviously the knock-on effects of Bulgaria, and we were so flat, and we didn't look like we were going to create any goals. And Cabo started centre-back. He, he ends up moving out into the left wing, mm. and he, he won man the match, and deservedly so, because... Leading up to this goal, he was doing these little pings and little chips. Yeah. They were so... You know those... He like he drilled the ball forward about 20 yards and someone like Gary O'Neill or whatever would collect it. And suddenly we're, you know, an attacking move was yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did class. a few of those, yeah. And this goal for Idemo, this is all... It's he a very weaved good... weaved in and out, didn't he? Yeah. It's a very good header now. Credit to Idemo, but it's all about Cabo. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant bit of play. What a ball in. Pinpoint precision. And then just puts it on Idemo's mm. head. But bullet header. Great finish. Mm-hmm. Good to see Idemo getting on the, go- on, score- on the goal sheet. Brilliant first, stuff. First of the season for Idemo. There was claims by Drogheda that this was out of play. But there was a great view no. on Twitter that clearly showed Cavo kept it in. Not at all. Not at all. And exactly the confidence boost Idemo needed, wasn't it? Because... Does a little A as well. Does a little A celebration. Makes an A with his two fingers. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. That's trademark now. That's it. And then the equaliser on the eighty-seven prop. This was actually I was looking back at this. There's not much you could have really done because we won the header. Fair enough. Someone could have been marking Evan Weir, mm. but it's a great fucking strike. It's a great strike. It's a really good finish. Yeah, no, he catches it on the volley. Catches it on the volley. Power precision into the corner. There's not much you can do with that. Maybe have someone on him. It's an unfortunate. Equaliser. Do you feel we've been vulnerable from corners though? Yeah. The last, I don't like the last I don't while. Like us defending from corners at all. At the yeah, minute. and we're not good at fucking scoring from the meter. Even though what was the Bowes game we scored? I think that was it. But other than that, set pieces are not our forte, prof. Yeah, Phelan and um, Warren on co-commentary by the way. Brilliant stuff again, Phelan. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, he was full of praise for Cabo. I think you think he chose Cabo's man the match because it's usually like. That's Garland's job, isn't it? To, mm. to choose the man of the match. Um, yeah, and then Weir, the goal scorer, he's sent off two minutes later. He checks Lyons as Lyons is trying to run past him. So he gets a second yellow card. And judging by Weir's reaction, he's absolutely baffled by this card. And Was it a yellow view? No. No? Wasn't a send no. off? 
I, d- I just think maybe Lyon just runs into him and makes the most of it. Dark but do you know the way like when players actually do commit fouls and they're all it's all theatrical complaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was genuinely in shock. He was like, "You can't be serious." Yeah, they'll appeal it and say you get the you get the better of them. But that's that's the end of me defending where because this was the slowest walking off hmm? of a red carded player, Gare, you have ever seen in your life, <laughs> Gare. He's still walking now. We still, he's still. I think he's down at uh, the center circle there. This was unreal. He took him four minutes to walk from the east stand side to the touchline in the dressing rooms. It was not... Gary, it was so slow. Huh? Alan Manis got angry. Alan Manis ran from his goal, ran up to him his face and shouted him and he got booked. Pushed him out. That's get how off the slow pitch. it was. Jesus, getting out of man, And your man, the ludicrous fellow got sent off. He obviously saw this and said, I can walk slower than that. Because, <laughs> he was holy fuck. At one stage, I wasn't sure who got sent off in the Ludograds game. Because I was like, "Who? no one's leaving the pitch. <laughs> like, who's, got, who's off here? Yeah, yeah so... Um, and then, yeah. somehow, we almost won it in the end. Um, Bad miss from Idemo. Yeah, he... He must be only about six years out here. And he somehow screws it wide. It was, I don't think it would have been a deserved three points, but we... Fucking take it, man. Nerdy would have taken Um Brazzer was disappointed afterwards, but he talked about, you know, getting a point on the board. It did mean that we were only now seven points ahead of the dock. So the gap is closed a bit there. Um Yeah, so Yeah. Yeah, we move on prop to other domestic results. We've slowly got losing at home to UCD, the European hangover is real. Finn Harps losing at home to Derry as well, and they're pretty much cemented for that relegation playoff, prof. Um, then moving on again, we've UCD at home losing to Shelbourne. I think, I think, Sean Boy got the score sheet there. We Dundalk three. He and did, Finn yeah. Harps. Dan Carr scored as well. Did the backflip. Yeah, um, but Dundalk winning three 0 like Harps. That's three goals in the first half. Like what? This is the this is that losing streak that Harps go on every year that you talk every about. Every year, yeah. Every yeah. year they're terrible for a certain amount of time. Did you see the footage of Ollie Horgan's rant? This would have been the Derry game. You're getting relegated and you don't care! <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's just the oh. bushes. But you could hear yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Is he, is he losing his magic touch maybe? Or he'll probably pull off a couple of mad wins. Who else will at the put end of the, the effort in that he's putting up into? In the, he goes to every game. I think I think nearly sure I saw him out at the Leicester Senior game there recently again. He goes to every game. All over the country. I'd say they just pay him in mm. diesel. That's what we pay you in. Diesel. Barrels of diesel. Just drive around. No other manager will have the commitment to Finn Harps way he does. That's right. Let's be let's let's call Spade Spade. Just a couple of more notes about draw. That attendance was three thousand two hundred and thirty-nine. Um safe to say that was our smallest attendance of the season. Um pretty sure it was, like we haven't gone below four thousand this season. No, it was pretty bad. But listen, I think Sligo on the Monday might have been four or five. Was it Saturday football will not suit the Irish public. Saturday at three p.m. If it ever comes and turns into the, that mayhem that they have, well, it's not mayhem. Mayhem's a bit of a harsh word. But if it goes to three p.m., I know that's set in stone in England. You know, Saturday's football over in England, and they they're all set in stone and set in their ways. That would kill our league. Three o'clock on a Saturday. 
It felt a bit of a throwback, didn't it? Because first couple of seasons, it had to be played on Saturday. So yeah. that was... They were 7 o'clock kickoffs, weren't they? Yeah, they were, yeah 7 o'clock. But they were definitely yeah. 100% would kill off the league if you had it on Saturday at 3 o'clock. So I have a few stats later, but that put an end to our eight home wins in a row in the league. Eight home wins in a row, Prof. So it was our best ever run in Tata. Um, Gary O'Neill then was on 99 appearances, which meant that ludicrous second leg, that was his 100th appearance in all the competitions. Mm-hmm. Somebody tell Johnny McDonnell. <laughs> and a shout out also to Short Arse, Derek Tomney. Who was a uh, ref in that game, and as usual was shocking. Short, uh, <laughs> short, yeah, it's a great name, isn't it? Uh, Pico went off. We'll, we'll discuss the Pico injury in a moment. Oh, but we uh, to? he went off. Uh, I think he threw the arm around to Greener, which I was kind of interested in. Has Greener ever been captain of, of, of Rowers before? No, but he's that type of mentality, isn't he? He's that attitude. You might you know be, I mean? might be vice vice captain. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Toward captain, as they say on Wiki. Yeah, um, their goalkeeper was wearing the exact same shirt as Manus. Yeah, someone said this to me actually. Yeah, so something make it a point. What if Manus came up for a corner in the last minute, or vice versa? Yeah, yeah, true. Be actually, very the ref confusing. should have changed that. Apparently, I think that's the ref missed the beat mm-hmm. there. Yeah, do you know who wouldn't wouldn't have missed that? Budimer. Budimer would have he delayed was... the whole game. <laughs> he was a stickler for those sort of rules. Oh, that's like I said, that's me, Budimer. Excuse me, you're. Socks are an inch below your calf. Could you pull them up, please? So that's going to be you now on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Pull them up, please. No, yellow card. <laughs> Game's not even started yet. Yeah, don't care. Go on, go home. <laughs> Get out. And, yeah, finally, Tommy Tarmy has a great idea, He Come wants... On. Does it involve uh, sawing off Kerry and letting them float into the abyss? <laughs> Is that something he suggested? He doesn't like Kerry. He doesn't think they should get a sniff at football at all yeah. in this league. But it was a bit a bit of a family atmosphere of this game. Like people bringing grandsons and nephews and nieces and all sorts. Probably a good time for it, wasn't it? Saturday, yeah. two o'clock kickoff. But I'm settling into a pretty regular seat in the West End now. And Tommy is always behind me. Right. So I tend to get a bit of running commentary from Tommy. And he'll, he'll occasionally he'll, he'll say something to me. Uh, during the game maybe a half time whatever so he suggested he wants a golden tonking a go oh so he wants a separate golden gold competition for when we finally achieve the tonking so when you get a tonk there's a yeah. different pot for the tonking yeah I don't know how exactly it would work Ooh, we'd have to we'd have to skim the pot every week golden tonking it sounds exciting so we'd have to skim the pot every week and take maybe 20 over and add up for when it actually does become 4 nil. yeah and then come up that's an elaborate scheme now if he wants to yeah. come up with some sort of pyramid scheme <laughs> to implement this he can go ahead not even 4 nil, by the way I'm just talking about scoring 4 four goals it's 4 nil. 4 nil is the tonking we want prof 3 nil is a, is a beating 4 nil is a tonking I'll take 4-1 at this point no can't concede prof 4 nil or nothing don't be going back in your word 4 nil. the is stat a ton- has always been we've not scored 4 goals in X Ah, we have to no we can't concede we can't concede because therefore the one takes away from when we've scored three goals. You know, it's, it's not, it's four. But we'll talk about Daily Mount Park, Prof. And this is a saga. Oh, no. A saga. It may be unviable as the development is delayed. It won't be finished till 2026 now. And what was it that the Dalai Lambert said? <laughs> this won't happen. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I reckon they're happier. I reckon if the Connacht gets knocked down, 
the days the comics been knocked down as we next speak. Week. Yeah, yeah, next week. I think they'd be happy enough with, re- with redeveloping the place because they'll get to keep that bar, Phoenix Bar. They'll get to keep the surrounding areas and. I, I think they'd be much happier with that a redevelopment of what's the existing and not knock it down mm. either way it's fucking getting dragged on beyond belief imagine Talca Park I've done up before Daily Mount after all this it'd be great yeah they've signed like a starting 11 anyway a new starting 11 so they can definitely compete Um, yeah so that's we'll move on with the Tuesday Rovers beat Ludogorets 2-1 in Tala losing 4-2 in aggregate and the build up Um, no confidence at all really in the build up we were just Certain members of the Tifties Bogies slash Pride of Rings end wanted to put out a reserve team for this one, Prof. Oh, yes, I do remember that. Is this, They wanted the Was tonking. this individual the one who didn't know the name of our community officer? That's the same individual. Oh, the know one the we interviewed hmm? about two months ago. Yeah, not too bad. Good interview, good old Tony. Mm-hmm. This person did not. Um, well, so he wanted us to get the tonking. And play our reserves. Well, Garrett, nobody gave us a hope in this no. in this game. But you know what? Having six six and a half thousand there is still absolutely brilliant. And I tried to be, I tried to be honest about my own sort of predictions. I didn't think we even had two goals in us because we we're missing Jack. Uh, we didn't have Berkey. I just thought it would take. Like you remember, you go back to the Slovan game. There's there's a lot of comparisons we made with the yeah. Slovan Bratislava game last year, but I remember Richie Tello scored a screamer from the edge of the box in that game. I just wondered, could we put two against this quality side? Yeah, and like never mind three, and it was always going to come back to that late goal in <sighs> Bulgaria. It was always going to haunt us, and so approved. Stinger, but, wasn't it? But the fact that we. The fact that we were even in the tie in the in the 90th minute nuts, is incredible. It? it was nuts. That says so much about this team. I will say, like the South Stand, like in the lead up to it now, fully integrated now, the Parsons slash Mandy Angus, fully integrated <laughs> into the game. Uncle G came, the kid's uncle came, and he, he just, now he used to go to all the games many years ago, and... Um, he just wanted to go to a game, so he took it in, and he he thought it was brilliant. He thought Rovers played lovely football. Now he'd be quite opinionated on football, as all horror brothers would be. We'd be in there killing each other talking about football, but he he just thought they played lovely football. He goes, "This is a this is they really have it nailed." That's what he thought. He says they have that system nailed, and that's a mm-hmm. that's a casual watcher. Do you know what I mean? So we were all we all set up, went up to, into the Maldron, all oh, the whole family and all so everybody's talking about it. We're writing down starting elevens on napkins and seeing who I think what did we get? We think we got eight out of ten, right? Or eight out of eleven on the starting eleven. So yeah. the build up was starting to build and then we we started chatting within ourselves, the people around you, you know, you know, we might pull something off here. An early goal, that's what we were all saying. Let's get an early goal and yeah. build on it. Which early enough, twenty That was the buzzword. What minute was it prof? Uh, I know exactly what minute it was. It was the twenty first because uh, good, old, good old Aaron Green won me two hundred squids. Aaron Green won the prof. Yep, the golden goal in Europe. You cannot write that. <laughs> prof says to me most times he says Green will have one chance in Europe. He'll always get one chance in Europe, and he fluff it. And Greener's Greener's been burying them against Limassol. He's fucking scored against these. Uh, it's just one of those things. I was just cracking up when I went in. It was an amazing time. But uh, you're, you're describing the sales stand there. It was Greener it was, just gets in their faces though. Do you never notice that? Like he's just he, he's just 
like the the muscle. He was really up for this. He just gets in people's face. He intimidates them. He get like it's needed. It's needed. Yeah, the, the cell stand was buzzing even before this goal, and when this went in, it was it was incredible. And then the second goal, we'll talk about that. That was wild. Cell stand uh, rocking. But this goal, yeah, crossed in by Lions. Uh, Berkey's header saved, and then Greener. Good goal. Look, no, watch the two goals. Really good build-up play. I wouldn't call this a tap-in now. He has a bit to do. No, he had to stretch on his right foot, buried into the roof and the net. Like, this was a good game of football. This really, really was an event for me. I thought it was brilliant. Great game of ball. Really, really good uh, showcase. But, th- like, this... Th- the ball was... That was the ball that was pinged over from the left, wasn't it? There was a long ball pinged over on the left-hand side. Yeah. Taken down, worked in, swung in, header, and then a good tap in. That's, that's a good, good goal. I think so, it started from the right. Initially, yeah, isn't it? it was I a ping by Berkey. I'm nearly sure a left foot ping. I think Finner started it and then Berkey, yeah. Brilliant. Um, really good goal. Well worked. Yeah, no, it was it was a really positive start to the game. We were having a lot of joy on the left. We were whipping balls across, dangerous balls across the box. That I, if someone gets on the end of it, yeah. we're, it's a goal. That's what, like like I said, I had a casual viewer with me with her brother and he was saying the same thing. He said, there's a lot of balls getting whipped in and no one following it in. He says, all it needs is a touch. So it's definitely um, something that I think we're going to yeah. utilise in the next round as well. I think that's what we're going to be doing in Scoopy. This was some statement by Eddie McGrath on Facebook. He says, following Robert since 1955 and that was the best first half of football he's ever seen us play. Wow. 50 years. 50 years I believe Eddie McGrath Senior now More than 50 now Do, do the maths girl. If Junior said it now I wouldn't be listening To a part of it <laughs> But um, Brilliant that, stuff that, that is some statement um, The The red card oh, Sorry Paul McGrath Is the one I'm trying to slag there Not Eddie <laughs> Junior Paul McGrath Let's get things straight The um, Well first of all The team actually um, Cabo Had picked up an injury I thought it was going to be I thought that was going to be the only real debate in the eleven, Cabo or Gannon. But uh, Cabo picked up an injury. Hope he's back next week. So God, Gann- I didn't know that. Yeah, Gannon was Gannon was in the back three. Um, obviously no Pig or Jack. Gaffney started on the bench, which Brazier admitted was with the two yellows in mind. Yeah. We we initially thought he was going to be suspended for this game, but no. And the qualifiers, three yellows is. I think it's a good. It's a good thing to do it's a good tactic because you want them in the very first game against Scoopy don't you you want them running amok in that game mm. that's what you want and that's what we're ideally trying to get a good a good uh, head start in, in the first game against Scooby I wouldn't expect him to start against Banger either maybe no. maybe come off for the last 20 minutes but um, the first half we've got to we've got to talk about the two Richie's held chances the first one in the ninth minute <sighs> this was he used the wrong foot. A lot, a lot of good play on the on the build up. Let's not forget about Gary O'Neill. Why, Gary O'Neill. Why, why the right foot here? Gary O'Neill is the is the fulcrum of this team. He's in the middle and he's just pulling strings and he whips a ball out to Finn. Lovely bit of pace on it. Loving how we're whacking balls into each other. Finn puts it across. Perfect pace. Brilliant ball. It's I don't know what he's trying to do. He goes with his right, like the outside of his foot. I watched this back on Bulgarian television. And I gave maybe four or five replays in a row, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh, "What is what is the problem here? Like, what can he? Why can't he get it right? Why can't he get? Why isn't it clicking? Do you know what I mean?" 
Yeah, and he had a shot on 35 minutes as well, which was... That was actually quite opportunist. I liked that. That was, yeah, it was a great chance. He was just... I think he'd just come, just come inside the box and... First time volley. I, I don't know if he, he, don't know if he connected properly. Dragged it slightly. Dragged it wide. Dragged it slightly, but got, um, it's on target. Keepers palming that, and then they've got a chance. You know, you got a chance for yeah. a tap in. Al did make a good reaction save early on as well, so chances at either end. But for the most part, they were shocking. They in the were first rattled, half. and I would have fucking ate them alive if I was there, Gaffer, because they were terrible. I think Johnny Ward mentioned it before me. On do you think it was arrogance? I do you know what I think it was. I think it was a matter of turning up and let's fucking just. Let's let's turn up here for ninety minutes. Johnny Ward said it's like they were on the piss. It was. It was like they were lethargic. They were tired. They were on the piss. It, it, that's what it seemed like. So, I am um, brilliant, brilliant force to have. Really, so so encouraging and just great to see us actually show a bit of fucking bottle and get it get into their faces. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely superb. First forty five, and then. When the second half comes, you're kind of anticipating, right, these can't be that bad again. These yeah. are going to come out firing. But five minutes in, they get the red card, which totally didn't really change the pattern of the game. We were we were dominating anyway. They, it, it, we didn't capitalise on that. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't... We could we didn't capitalise on it, let's be honest. But did you... Yeah. Some, some made good points. We were actually finding more spaces. Against eleven men know, and yeah. ten, it was why, crazy. Yeah, why was that the case? And they but, didn't make a sub. I don't think for a while. I don't think they made a sub when they got the red card. If I if I'm thinking back on it, I don't think. so I don't think they did. I think they just uh, battened down the hatches. Yeah, we made a triple sub on seventy minutes. When I saw that, I just thought, fair fucks. I thought Bradzer is going for it. That that no, I was surprised. I think Faruja came on. I was surprised to see mm-hmm. Ferruja. I thought, okay, a little bit of direct running. Okay, surprised to see Finn come off. Yeah, now. let's go with that. I'm happy with that. It's something different. So um, I just delighted that he actually went for it. Because what else could? What What was he gonna lose? Realistically, what is there to lose? We're going into another round. I'm hoping that wasn't playing on the players' minds, but we're going into another round anyway. Mm. We've nothing to lose by emptying the bench there. No, and we've actually jumped ahead of five minutes there because. A big moment in the game, sixty-five minutes. Oh, the Richie Tell We do. Uh, Who gave the ball in? Was it Burke? Yeah, it was Berkey. Lovely, lovely, great slide, real ball. And I'm just thinking to myself, straight off the bat in the south stand, looking down on it, I'm thinking, shoot, you're true on goal. Shoot the fucking ball. And honestly, after watching the countless times, Richie Tell goes down with it instead of shooting. He could take that shot on. Then we've a half an hour left to score another goal, another goal, another another way to change it. What for me is I, I screenshot that twenty times, and frame by frame watched it. He goes down voluntarily. It's the slowing down that pissed me off. Slows down, anticipates a foul, even though he's true on goal in Europe. When you could take a shot, then draw a foul, he decides to go down, and get fucking booked. Like it was it'd be madness. One, it'd be one thing if he received the ball. And he's kind of, he's in a duel one-on-one immediately. But the fact that he takes the touch and he's kind of looking over his shoulder, slows up. He's like... He the ref saw this though. The ref's does. angle. The ref saw it. The ref's angle was perfect. Yeah. He saw him looking over his shoulder. So the ref is thinking, he's looking for a foul here. And then he collapses his own legs. The second he feels contact on his arm. He should have backed himself to score here. Um, he's already... <sighs> He's already missed a big chance, I don't know, but 
like I said last year, he scored a screamer in Europe. So I mean, you can't say Richie Tails not short of confidence, but yeah, like you say, that would have been a different game. Last twenty five minutes against ten men, Ridiculous. you're thinking this is doable. So we go on, prof. Anyway, we we should have we should have been on top of this. Like we well we were on top. It was a great performance, but also like, what was the odds of the ref sending off another one of those players after ten minutes? It wasn't going to happen realistically. He books tell over the dive. We we're never going to be playing against Neumann. Although they had seven yellow cards, like they were. I I um, enjoyed this ref performance, by the way. Until yeah, until the last stage, latter stages of the game when they were all doing all the time wasting, and then we hate the ref. But he actually, he actually was a good ref for the most part. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, yeah. I, I, you find head of hair. He gave well, us, um, he gave us a lot of decisions. Well, he's Italian that's in like, the first half. He well, gave then. us a lot of decisions. Yeah, like. he did. But I mean, there was one pick that stood out for me. It was Sean Hoare. I think it was in the second half. It was one of those where, you know, he he you win a header and the ref, like a really good violent ref will blow against you for like climbing or whatever. Yeah. And the player just goes down like a sack of spuds, no contact. I was I, I rolled my eyes straight away and I was like, Oh, he's gonna give that and he didn't. Wow. I was like, Wow. I thought European was, football. Yeah, he was very um <laughs> He was very He had a lot of common sense You know what I mean He didn't pull up any bullshit fouls I liked it yeah. I, I was into it But um, I thought Like I said Seven yellow cards They were Fouling uh, You know A lot of professional fouls A lot of cynical fouls Dark To arts. break up our momentum I thought a key moment in the game Was 75 minutes We were It was all It was one way traffic We were We were Getting a bit of joy Down the right side And uh, the ball goes out I think for a goal kick or whatever and there one of their defenders it was almost choreographed goes down injured yeah it and was, then another one it was just a right we need a couple of minutes here and that killed our momentum for yeah. about five minutes two of them though I'm nearly sure two yeah, of them went down was two and of them. I was looking at it thinking fucking dark arts man we That's lost five minutes of that match right there yeah. and it took us a while to get back into it again but Second goal as well. Oh is, man, magic! Who so who played the ball in? It was Greener, maybe was it? Greener, no, Greener the dummy. Frugia pass, Greener dummy. Excellent touch, little swivel, left foot, buried. How composed was he? Because buried. The second he took the touch, right? I thought to myself, that's a goal. That touch is far too good. Yeah. And his body, his body, the way he shaped himself, I thought there's no way he's missing. Loves a European. He gave goal. himself plenty of time. But not in a panicky way. He just set just set himself up and took it so well. And we've been a bit critical of Idemo. Yeah. His composure this season. How composed I was that? I love the finish. Yeah. Just left foot buried. Ah, oh, grab the ball. Let's go. And that's two. That's two and two for him. And that's uh, two straight years in Europe. He scored off yeah. the bench as well. Brilliant stuff. And like you um, said, very very composed performance from Greener as well. I think he was up there for man of the match. He was excellent. Um, in particular, just. The way he leads, like it doesn't surprise me the armband would go if it, if it went to him. Do you know what I mean? He's a leader in that dressing room, and he's some he, people wanted to fuck him out two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> people that want to fuck him out, but it's every it's, fuck him out. It's every couple of months. It's like greener out, and then he scores a big goal, and then it quietens down for a while yeah. again. Um, six thousand in the tens for this game, and the noise when that goal went in, mayhem in the south. Absolute pandemonium. Brilliant. 
Even the West Ham was getting rowdy. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> the was West Ham like, was getting rowdy. People who never sing were just... Prof looking for the smoke. Standing up and all. Um, but, yeah, no. Amazing atmosphere. So, it only lasts for a couple of minutes, obviously. The lovely finish um, by Sousa. It was. It was a very, very neat finish. They hit us on the break, corner. yeah. Very, very good goal. Excellent finish. And then it's over. But the crowd trouble, um, Pat Sergio... Sergio Vincenzo Pat, I think his name was. Um, I've never seen anyone give the South Stand abuse like that. Oh, the keeper? I've never, ever seen anybody he's do a, it the way a, he he's did. He's a Dutchman, isn't he? he? Yeah, he gave it the big one. He was, he gave it the big one. Throwing shapes. Throwing shapes, yeah, big time. And then, obviously, whatever happened, happened. We don't need to comment on it, but... Um, yeah, yeah, and then one of their players throws a bottle in... When their player, their player starts sculling bottles, like sculling them the way you'd skim rocks out in Blessington. And then he gets to build 10, 15 bottles back in his direction. Yeah, one bottle came in and launched some poor kid out of it in the south stand. So that's what the reaction was all about. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? He yeah. was milling the main bump straight in the head. Kid got hit with a bottle. So yeah, that's your reaction. I didn't, I didn't see those little things now, but obviously as you're watching that at the time, you're just... You're rolling your eyes and you're like, oh my god, oh, no, the fines, yeah. fines everywhere. Closed doors, one well, more way. Closed doors, maybe even closed cell stand. Like UEFA are going to... You know we can still throw bottles from the main stand. <laughs> yeah. UEFA are going to are gonna hit us with this one. We'll see and what happens, we'll see what happens. Like, they're, they're so fussy about... Like, we've been fined for fans standing on stairs Yeah. in previous years. It's nuts. <laughs> So they have to be seen to be doing this every so often. But six three was the attendance profit was very happy with that. And um After that third goal in Bulgaria, I was thinking, oh my god. Four. Four, yeah. Four. That's what I went for. But brilliant. Six, the casual fan coming up Champions League on your doorstep once again. Mm-hmm. You get home from work, you're sitting there, you're at a spare end, a loose end. What we do, kids? Champions League football's on down the road, Dad. Let's go. It's cheap. Honestly, that's how we that's how it is. But Gar <sighs> Yeah, it's a very good attendance, but it's still 70-odd less than they got at Turner's Cross this week. Cork so fans. So who's the bigger club, Gar? Honestly, Cork fans can't talk. <laughs> You've let your club die multiple occasions. Multiple occasions. Rattle off the names there. Cork Hibs, Cork Fucking Forest, Cork, Cork Celtic, Celtic, Albert Cork, Rovers, Cork Albion, Cork C- City of the 1930s, Cork fucking whatever else, man. It's ridiculous. They can never even enter the conversation because you actively let your club die a couple of times. They are prolific at letting their club die. Just throw old club names at them. Like, why did you let Fordsons die? The Fordsons. In, in the 30s. Yeah. Why? Fucking. Biscuit makers, <laughs> whatever. No, but they, they, they were the car makers. But they, yeah, they but literally let their club die all those times. They do not care. It's there in front of you. It is proof is in the pudding. Done. Conversation over. Oh, Cork fan. Oh no, I'm not having a conversation with you. You let your club die. You stay over there. That's how it works. Anyone else can come at me and we'll have a chat. Yeah, no problem. You're not allowed in this conversation, Cork fan. You let your club die <laughs> several times. And absolutely excellent research done by Mr. Jason Maloney. He pointed out that the last Champions League home game they had was uh, under 6,000. Progress, wasn't it? Um, no. 
Um, I don't know, Legia maybe. Oh yeah. And but the last European game they had was against Progress, the Luxembourg team. After losing heavily in the first leg, they got three thousand. We got six thousand in Tala. Going into a three nil down. I'm stating the obvious here. No other club prof. would come anywhere near this. You can prove out my facts, Prof. Well, that's what we sure said earlier. <laughs> yeah, listen. We're going to your other European results. But listen. Cork don't want the smoke, Prof. Simple. Motherwell, nil. Sligo won. And currently, as it is, Sligo have scored a cracker and are 2-0 t- t- up in aggregate. Pats won, Morrow won, and Morrow are down to 10 men. Not sure what the results are now, but Prof might have them while I'm reading out the results here. And the exit is to League 1 as well. I think who has not gone to League 1 is probably of oh, the talent. I'm a cherry fucking everybody. I, I, I heard it listed out. I think it was... Um, scary stuff, isn't it? The podcast I listened to the big Born, Dawson, Devoy, I think, Promise. I think, I think it was about 10. And the Sligo game... Uh, as Maloney calls it, League One-itis. Um, it's ter- Thursday night as we record here. Sligo winning 1-0. It's the 90th minute. Done. So. They're true. They play Viking or they play someone else of Norway. So I think Viking by Sparta Prague. Um... That's that's incredible. Like I Sligo, I was kind of teasing Sligo during the week because they're the only club, League of Ireland club in history, to win the first leg away and still get knocked out. Oh yeah. They did that to Rosenberg in twenty fourteen and they nearly did it again to, against Bad Town, which was an embarrassing performance in the second leg. Only Ed McGinty saved them another Another man gone to League One. Yeah, on to Oxford in League and, One. But that's, uh, like you said, it's a brilliant result. In bro. fairness, yeah. And they've got a horrific record in Europe. But uh, no, but that that is impressive. Yeah, it really is. Um, St. Pat's are into the 96th minute and still nil-nil. <sighs> but no more away goals real, so that's extra time Extra now. time, prof. Extra time in Slovenia. A couple of more notes about the Champions League. Um... You're not allowed to play the Champions League music until the group stages. So that's why you've not been hearing of the PA. And um, Gav did play the DJ Gav. He played it in the 899 bar, right? <laughs> but I, think I was the only one in the room at the time. I, I got in early. I saw you early on, yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. trying to pro- I was trying to s- snare him for a DJ for the five-a-side, but he's busy. Mm. Every DJ in the South Stand Scum Collective is busy. If you are a DJ and you want to play... For a few quid or points, whatever, we'll feed you, we'll give you something. For after the yeah. five episode, let us know. You want to spin the tunes? Let me know. We need a DJ. Um, so, so Other than that, you might have to listen to Forky talk. So, we're going to move on. Enough said. Some uh, cracking photographs from the game. Um, there was a fella in the Ludogrets away end in Tala wearing a Mayo jersey. Do, uh... Yeah, it's just some randomers, isn't it? Isn't it that? That's what it is. You see them. I saw a Limerick jersey in in Malta. You know, mm. you just have these randomers rocking up and thinking, "That's is that." Do they know like this the relationship here between the GAA and Rovers? Oh, they like, think they think it's the wind up. It reminds me of um, in Belgrade, their fans. What were they called again? The Grave Diggers. Yes, they held up Northern Ireland flags in that game in an attempt to. Uh, Boil some piss. To boil some piss, not realizing that our manager Michael O'Neill and we had Chris Turner. He was he was waving at it. Thanks, lads. 
Hockey, hockey. We had Chris Turner. We had a couple of players in the north, didn't we? Not Tommy Stewart. Tommy Stewart. No, he was gone then. Tommy's gone, was he? Um, Chris would have loved that now. Yeah. Um, but damn. Um, yeah. Um, we also had <laughs> Sportsfile actually captured your man throwing the bottle. I know. Yeah, it was a brilliant in, photo. Just into, about to skull it into the south stand, and they also captured uh, the pitch invader. And someone quoted the the pitch invader photo. And just wrote, your dad runs on the pitch to shout at goalkeepers. <laughs> oh, honestly, I don't think yeah. it was. I don't think there's anything uh, malicious about it because I read somewhere that Sergio Pat is quite the crossword guru, and the invader was struggling with an eleven across to ah, finish it off. Yeah. And he heard about him, and he says, "You know what? I'm gonna ask him." <laughs> Starts with an A. That's what he was like. A eleven across. What is it? <laughs> And then he was just he, he was just about to get it, and then that's what kind of really angered the pitch invader because he mm. couldn't hear it. He was like, "Say it again!" And your mom was like, "No, no, no! I already said it." And, he was, and then his glasses started flopping around, and he didn't get the he didn't get to finish mm. the crossword. So, well, we'll never know who that was anyway. He's certainly never been on the Tibbs hotline in, uh, anytime recently. No, but uh, comparing it to Slava and Bratislava, Gar. It was nearly a carbon copy of it because in that game we went two up and then they hit us. They woke up and scored. Is it kind of frustrating in a way that... Is it kind of frustrating? I know what you're going at. Yeah. Like, yes, it fucking is, bro. Last year, that was probably our best performance of the season. It was when we had... You wouldn't call it a free hit. It was still... We were in the tie. This one, maybe the pressure was off. It was a second leg at home. We were written off. And but then, it was and great then, that we actually came out and played like that. Though. And then we put in our best performance of the season. But we're doing it... When we have too much to do... From the yeah. first leg. It's two sides of the coin, but would it be worse if you just turned up and didn't fuck all and got hammered the way Staff's cousin wanted us to get hammered? <laughs> I know, listen. I wasn't... A lot of people were angry after the game because of... Uh, they felt Richie Tell should have taken on that, that goal. They were angry at the Bulgarians diving and all that. There was a lot of angry. I was a bit angry about it, but mostly I was just like, wow, I'm so proud of this team that no one gave us a, a snowball's chance in hell. And we were in that game in the 90th minute. We were still in the tie. I was I was blown away by this team. Uh, I have a pat to me. And there's no real love loss, but we're good pals. And like we never really compliment each other, only when it's legit. And he says, you fucking gave them a go. You really fucking went for it. And I was like, yeah. yeah, if other fans are saying that, you know what I mean? Greener said that. Um, I don't know if you, if you saw the Greener interview post-match. What did he say? He, well actually it was off air he said I was like oh they were rattled like they, they, the lads felt they had them there for the taking and so he was gutted and he was like the fact that I'm coming I'm here disappointed yeah says true, it all true yeah they should we should have went through realistically yeah and we should give a Greener was man the match as voted by um, by Garts and the media but um, arguably should have gone to Zinedine McCann. Zinedine McCann has been our best midfield in the last six weeks. Oh yes, he has. He has been stroking balls around. Have you noticed the te- technique? Do you know what I'm saying? He has this long, mm. slender technique. I've got my arms like a, like a raptor or a T-Rex. At oh, the hang on, that's the Burke technique. Now. That's you, the Burke. Yeah, that's the that's the, the Burke run. But he has this weird way of holding onto the ball and it's starting to grow on me. So, like McCann starts in the middle for us now. With him and Gary O'Neill. Like it's simple. He just he's been playing really well. He's a prober. 
he probes and he probes and he probes and he's yeah. got a good pass it's starting to play well we were a bit down on him last season obviously but you can't you can't play at the level he's played at without being a top player yeah he's motoring and he's shown at the moment it's just little decisions he makes yeah little passes at the right time very intelligent isn't it very intelligent but player. He, he plays for me every week now because you want to mm. keep this going you want to keep the momentum going and I mean that's that's exactly what we want to do and uh, it was pointed out our home record in Europe under Bradzer is incredible that's 7 wins out of the last 9 and one of those defeats was AC Milan like that is some record and just feels like we can beat anybody in Tada and it, it's all about taking a lead into Macedonia isn't it and we just <sighs> I, I love dig. that I love that we're at home in the first leg Gary O'Neill was saying it huge well, from what we could hear anyway on the LOI Central, we could just about hear him say that he'd like to play at home first. I think we have and some uh, audio from, from that show, don't we? I think we Dan McDonald. So, Dan, Dan McDonald. Um, Dan, Dan McDonald. So, here's what happened. Dan McDonald went to Gary O'Neill says, So, Gary O'Neill, um, tell us about the game. And here's what you heard next. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, that's, I think the game went really well. And then... Um, I think we were really on top for most of it. Sorry, what? And then I think that, that's it. Dude, who li- do they listen to the audio? <laughs> I have to stop. I wasn't running. And I was like, this is serious. Actually, didn't, all I heard is he got pinched. But that's not... That's yeah. They submit the audio and I'd say they yeah. have these producers and these fucking multi-corporate companies that just edit them down, you know? We're real I, here, prof. I love that you're getting angry, but remember I had a big rant about this a few months ago, and you were looking at me as if I was a lunatic. No, and now right, you're yeah. just as angry about it. No, yeah, you're right. Um, we also hated the ludicrous jersey. Horrible. Shocker. Horrible. Shocker. Shocker said that, yeah. I said the same thing to Larry. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Highlighter so, is never good, is it? So Zagreb got a winner with around 20 minutes to go away in Macedonia. So the, so we played the loser of that game in the Europa League. So we're playing Scoopy. Uh, we were down to play Derry away on the 12th. <clears throat> or we, we still are. Because the away leg is on the 9th. That's up there, isn't it? And so we might end up having to travel to Macedonia and Derry in the space of a week. The UCD game is obviously off next week. And... Just in general, I wanted to point out, I think we mentioned earlier, just crazy results. Like Linfield winning the first leg, but then losing 8-0. Eight, they've set back Irish football 50 <laughs> fucking years. That's an astonishing score. Is that a record, actually, in terms of... It has to be. No, I'm a specific question. Is this a record high win for a team who lost one of the legs? You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, true. 8-0... But lost one of the legs. Fucking nuts. That has to be a record. Can't imagine that ever being topped. Yeah, just some strange stuff like Malmo losing to Vilnius. I can't believe that. Dude Lange winning in Armenia. Zeg Zagreb and Scooby drawing two all in that first game. Um, by all accounts, Scooby were kind of lucky. Just two shots in target, and they both went in. But it was kind of. It was kind of weird that tie being in the balance because mm-hmm. we assumed he'd play Macedonia. And uh, yeah, so the the Exodus League One, Gar, we Lions potentially yeah. gone Blackpool. So um, we've knocked back two bids. I think the last one was about two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand, half a million minimum. 
That's not even good enough to be honest. You're hoping that Bazuna has set a precedent. Yeah. Five hundred thousand. Um there was quotes from Brazer talking about it. He says they've been in negotiations for a little while. He says Andy's not pushing the leave or anything. He says he's been good. He's, he's still, suits him, suits him, yeah. He's still focused. But the way the way it was worded it sounds like he could be gone at the end of the summer. Ugh. There's also hints that he could be loaned back to us immediately so we could keep him for the end of 2022. And, um, New signings, Prof. Simon Perry. Other than that, like, we won't go into it now ourselves, but there has been a big debate about the amount of players the league has lost. And it's all about being rewarded financially if it is happening. It just seems like an extraordinary amount did leave in the space of three weeks there. All the good talent anyway that we wanted. Yeah. New signing Simon Power and Dan Cleary. Happy with the Dan Cleary one considering Pico's out with a season and Simon Power direct pacey is what I've been told. So fellow who used to train him and coach him at uh, schoolboy level. So direct and pacey. Not too bad. Something that we could possibly do with prof. Yeah, he says he's a winger by trade, but Brazzer says he can play anywhere in midfield. He Which play... pretty much means get in there whenever we're stuck. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Hopefully, uh, I think Cameron King was one of those as well. Hopefully, a lot better than Cameron King. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's from, from Wicklow, started out at UCD in Cabo, then uh, Norwich. Away to England. Three years at Norwich, but didn't don't think he played. Dodrecht in the second division. A lot of loan spells. Harrogate Town, Kings Lane, I um, think. Brazzer obviously rates him highly. And then the other one is Delby now. Tell me now, Dano. Dan Cleary. He's back and uh, happy with this. This is a good player. That's a good, good, definitely a good addition to the to the back three. Like Nana Pico's out. Do you know what I mean? Plenty of league titles underneath his belt. Got to be happy. So, good addition to the squad. Uh, Lee Gray's on Talk of Bollocks podcast. He's cheating on us. Uh, he was on them recently. Um, we have the academy results, Prof. This is the previous weekend. So, up next. Here we go, Prof. Previous weekend's academy results, and we have a 4 3 loss at home. The 19s lost to Dundalk. The women's under 19s drew 2 all with Wexford. The under 17s beat Dundalk 3 2 in a humdinger of a game, prof. P Mount ladies beat our other ladies, 17s, 3 0 away. And uh, Finn Harps, good win for the 15s, prof. 1 0 away to the Harps, and 6 0 win at home to Wexford by the 14s. So that's a tonking, as they say, <laughs> in the lair, Prof. Um, and then we're going to have last weekend. So here we have it, Prof. We have 1-0 loss away to UCD for the 19s. Camp, they won't be happy with that. We've DLR Waves beating us 1-0 as well in the ladies' 19s. Nil all against Pats in the 17s. A humdinger of a game, 4-3 away to uh, the 15s. This is Noli's team, am I right? Nolly's was over the moon with this young Rochi. Is this the way the ball? Rochi Jr. scoring twice. Is this Richard Vudo? Yes, magic and uh, well, seven be, nil. Voodoo, though. <laughs> seven nil home win for Rovers against Bray. So flying. the nineteens versus Cork Atala Sunday three three o'clock and the seventeens are home to Cork in the road. So three o'clock as well. So same time. Take your pick. 15s, SRFC, we are home to Derry, Roadstone, 3 o'clock on the Sunday. And the 14s, they are home to Carlo on the 30th of July. And the Women's National League, under 19s, they've no game. But the ladies in the 17s are in Galway. And they're in Mary Community Centre, Saturday, 30th of July, 2pm. So over 1,250 boys and girls have attended their summer camps all around 
the clubs in our first three weeks. Huge, huge success. And of course, the summer, the summer camp, huh? Summer camp king Tony O'Neill <laughs> reigns supreme again, and they're working their magic. That name again, Tony O'Neill. Yeah, community officer. Quite a few years now. <laughs> so uh, yes, prof, hit us with the stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out. <laughs> Yeah, you would have heard me mention a couple of these in the previous show because we were on the verge of breaking them. Um, so it was eight it was eight home wins in a row, which was our best run since 1993 at the RDS. But we didn't break the Tala home league winning run uh, that remained that remained intact. Um, but we did break unbeaten the unbeaten home run in Tala in the league. 23 after Drada. So that's our best beaten streak at home in the league since Milltown, 23 in a row in 1984. Prof with the stats. And like I said, uh, Gary O'Neill making his 100 appearance non-competitions. Um, what else we got? The 3-0 win over Hibs in the Champions League. That was our biggest European win in seven years. Progress neither current. In 2015. 4-0, and then... 4-0, wasn't it? 3-0. Marty Waters. Waters got a, a brace. And then, in the following round, we suffered our biggest European loss in 11 years. So that was Spurs in Tata 4-0. Harry Kane scoring his first goal. And uh, in all competitions, where it's 20 games of beating at home. 21 in Tata. That's a President's Cup game. And uh, that's a record, new record in Tata. Record had been 18, which we did twice, most recently, until AC Milan beat us two years ago. And the last time we had been 3-0 down in a first leg was the way we were going out to the Brandywell in the 2012's Tanta Cup. And we nearly overturned it. Gary Twig got a brace. We went out 3-2 in aggregate. But we have done it before. In the 1940s, the FAI Cup... For a couple of years, anyway, I don't know if it was an experiment, but games were played over two legs. So a bunch of teams lost games in the FAI Cup and won the Cup, uh, including ourselves. I think it was 1945. We lost 3-0 away to Dundalk in the first leg and won 5-0 in the second leg. Oh. So that was the comeback. Comeback uh, of the century. Beat Bowles in the Coming final Coming back from year. a tonking. And uh, yeah, that's that's my quick stats. So that's it for the stats. And up next, Prof, let's go first, Prof. Oh, Stan Levin, some predictions. So the Prof is first. My team is going to very, very, very differently to yours, I guarantee you. I'm going. I'm going for the Tonkin here, so come on, I want you. No, I'm not seeing yeah. mine either, by the way. No, 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 no. I've, I've written down. Don't be peeking, because you always do. In 208 episodes of this podcast, I believe this is the third time I have written down my team. Fuck off <laughs> with your stats, will you? Fucking because I... Starting the levels of prediction stats. I never write my team down. So, it's as follows. You're probably expecting me to say Pauls, but you're wrong. Adam Manis. Yep. Uh... Lions, I'm starting Lions. Okay. I want to I play Lions, right. Lions every game. Lions on the left because Fru- I think Brazzer sees Ferruja as a right wing back now. Okay. So Ferruja right wing back. Centre back, Cleary, make his debut. Mm-hmm. 
Ganon and Har. Okay. So I'm resting Grace. We're missing Pigo for two months, sadly. Um, Gary O'Neill, because he plays every week. Watts didn't start against uh, Luda Gretz, so he's, he's, he'll be fresh. Give, I'm going to give Power his debut. Oh, and Justin Ferrazoy. Given him his first start for the club. Oh, yes. And up front, this was a bit trickier now. Because... Do the right thing, Pop. Spike Lee, do the right thing. I'm going Gaffney. Mm. You might... I don't know if you're going Idemo there, but... Yeah, I'm not agreeing with you here. I just think we need a few first-team regulars. Like Manus, Lyons, O'Neill, Watts, Gaffney. So a bit of a spine there. So that's, that's my team. Right, I'll give you mine. I'm going for some debuts. I'm going Manus. I'm going Cleary, Grace, Gannon. Ferrugia on the left, the power on the right. Because I'm hearing he's a bit of a right wing back. So power gets his debut, Cleary gets his debut. I'm going McCann and Watts. Zinedine McCann starts for me every time. Ferrazai, Burke and Oidemo. I think pace will kill these up top. I think Burke with his probing antics and Ferrazai and Oidemo, I think that's enough to put them to the sword. And McCann, McCann's going to run the show in the middle of the park there. We know that. So, listen, I think the rest will take care of itself. In fairness, Berkey needs minutes, so he probably will start Burke. I'm ha- I want Burke to continue. Yeah. I want McCann to continue with their yeah. with their um, with their progress. I want Fairsway to get games. I want Oidemo to get another goal from a starting position. So, um, I'm going to go 4-0 tonking. I just think Browser's going to look at this and think some of these players need a rest. And I think I, 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 I can see a lot of changes here. For a prediction? It was a tonk. Uh Oh, I actually hadn't hadn't thought about that. Yeah, the tonking, tonking's on. Glen- I was gonna go five. I'm going four though. Glenville, twenty seventeen. It was only one nil. Yeah, yeah. Bluebell, four two. After their player, nonsensically got sent off when it was <laughs> when it was two one. I think it was. I'm not gonna comment on that. I like just having le- I like having legs. Just absolutely hacked down one of our players in the halfway line for no reason. When just when they got back in the game, I was like, well, okay. Um, is this the tonking? Is this the tonking? Four one. No, oh, we're gonna concede against we're get, these. We're getting the four though. Right, we're getting the four. I'm going with fours though. So that is it, Prof. And we no draw. longer have to chant. Justin, sign that thing. Yeah. Sign, <laughs> sign that kind. Con- Barry's Connor Foley's mantra. Sign what? the deal. What's Justin? The sign the deal. Justin, Justin, Justin signed a deal. Uh, rumor is he has signed a sixteen-month contract with no clause. Yes, get in there. So yeah, that's big news. Good news, good news. So the draw for the next rounds of the Europa League and Conference League is on Monday. So keep your eyes tuned onto Twitter and any other way you can watch it. And we'll be back on Wednesday morning, prop. And don't be a cup snob. Don't be a cup snob. Go to the game. Go and don't be missing the early rounds. Yeah. Being a snob. Don't be a snob. So that is it for this week. Uh, see you at the five side. See you in Tala. It's a busy, busy weekend for the hoops. So um, keep on hooping. See ya. Get him out of here. Come, oh. my chance to get out. Don't you see that? It's my life. Don't you understand? It's my life. Get him out. Get him out. It's my life. And it got two weeks in the hole for that little stunt.
I'm actually going to tell them to go join both. Forget all of us because they don't get a chance to go abroad. Oh my, that's 